0: And thanks for joining us for the first installment of the high power archery podcast i'm coach angel and i'll be guiding you through getting your first bow and what you need to do to prepare for it in the first place so with that being said what we're going to do is kind of do this in chapters if you will and um, this week's chapter will deal with what you should do first before you go ahead and spend any money on a new bow and Then once you've decided, okay, this is right for me, how you should proceed? Now, there's a couple of different ways that you can go ahead and acquire a bow. One would be going to a pro shop, which is the way that I suggest you do it first. Um, The other is to buy it from a big box store. And big box store, I mean like a department store, sporting goods store, that sort of thing. And the third way to do it is to buy it online. And lastly, you can buy one used. And each one of those options has its good and bads, so and we'll go through them. So um before we even get to that, let's start with what you should do before you make that decision to purchase a bow. Well, the first thing you have to do is figure out do I want to get a compound bow or do I want to get a recurve bow? There are two different types of archery and it really all depends on whether or not you're gonna be doing this for pure you know entertainment or if you're going to be doing it for sporting purposes like you can go hunting or if you intend to take up target archery a lot of people shoot archery just for relaxation and it's great and I do it most of the time for that also Um, but if you're looking to do something like hunting then you have to have a different setup specifically for that if you're going to go for target archery you can start with a hunting rig and you can use that multi-purpose There's a lot of different ways to go about this. If you can go with a recurve bow, you can start with an inexpensive one, or you can go all the way up to very expensive, same thing with a compound, inexpensive all the way up to very expensive. So how do you make that decision? Well, what we suggest is that you find a program somewhere, and a lot of archery ranges will have this. There'll be a lot of um, public ranges that have this this type of program. Um, where you can come down and for a rental fee or a program fee, they'll provide you with all the equipment you need and some basic instruction. So you'll get to see what shooting a compound is like. Now, most of the time, the compounds that they rent you are going to be like hybrids. They, They have no real set draw length on them. Most programs use the same thing that we do, which is a Matthews bow called the Genesis. And it's a fairly lightweight bow and it has no set draw length on it, so adults can use the same bow as as a child could. And the advantage to that is that they don't have to keep a bunch of bows sitting there which are not being used. And one bow can service an entire family because they all use the same length arrows and they all use the same bow. So you could shoot it and the person next to you can shoot it no matter how big or how small they are, and it works out fine. And if you're gonna buy something strictly for recreational purposes, that's great. A lot of people decide that they want to do this, and a lot of times when they get kids into these programs, they'll use that, that particular bow because it's actually used in the National Archery in Schools program, otherwise known as NASP, and there's usually no sights on it. There's a small rest, and they use a standard length arrow, and when you try it first, you'll see what shooting a compound's all about. You can also rent a recurve bow, and light recurve bows like a 20-pound draw are very easy to shoot and they're great for recreation and you can become proficient at that and move on to compound later if you want. It really all depends on you. And they represent the lowest investment um, that you would need to put in. But most importantly, you'd get to feel what it's like to shoot each one. So then most people know from that point on what they want to go with. And if that's what you're looking for, that's probably the best way to go. And what I would tell people is go there, try it try it a couple times. Then once you made the decision, okay, I want to do this myself a lot, then it's time to invest in a bow. And we're going to get into that now. So, next section is, you've decided I want to buy a bow. Now you've got all the options out there where you can go and buy a bow. We suggest that you go to a pro shop and there's a couple of reasons why. Pro shops will have staff who are trained to use the equipment who can set you up with equipment that both fits you and they can educate you on the use of it so you can find instruction there you can find equipment that fits you you'll have a lot of different options to go with and it's all in one place it's kind of like a superstore for archery that's basically what a pro shop is so if you go there then you're gonna see a whole bunch of different bows price ranges from a few hundred dollars all the way up over a thousand fifteen hundred depending if you can get a carbon or a target bow or something like that so when you go into one of these places what we caution you to do is this first before you set foot in any pro shop do your research look online see what the current bows are from the manufacturers that you're looking for ask advice from people that you know who already shoot and see what they recommend then go in there with an open mind saying okay I'm gonna look and I'm gonna see what fits me. But buy with what I call an even keel. Buy something that you can afford in your budget that's not gonna break the bank and it's not gonna financially strap you. And buy accessories and a bow proportionate to each other so that you don't go buying a bow that's really expensive and then cheap out on the accessories, and you don't go buying a bow that's really cheap and get crazy expensive accessories Because it doesn't really work out what you should probably do is buy a decent bow and get really good accessories for it so that those accessories can be transferred from one bow to the next and that's the way you start out because even though i may change my bow later on that sight, that rest that stabilizer they can all be moved on and i don't have to reinvest in those again okay so now we've arrived at the pro shop We ask to see different bows. Any good pro shop, the first thing they're gonna do is ask you, have you ever shot a bow before? And when you say no, or have only a little bit of experience, the next question, just like when you come to us, we're gonna say, do you know what your draw length is? And most people have an idea what their draw length is if they shot before, but if you're new at it, you probably don't. So then they'll measure you to see what your draw length is, and there's a lot of different ways to do this, and it'll get close, but basically, You'll know, and the person who's outfitting you will know when you find that right fit. So, now I know what my draw length is. I have to decide what kind of weight I want to pull. Well, that all has to do with the application that you're going to be using the bow for. So, let's start with a hunting bow. If you're going to get a hunting bow, the craze is to have crazy weight out there. I mean, 80 pounds, something like that. And it's like the macho thing to do for a lot of guys. It's completely unnecessary. And here's why. A 60-pound bow will do just as well as an 80-pound bow. You can get a setup that works for it, that flies appropriately for it, and there won't be any issues. But the advantage you have going with a 60-pound bow is that it's going to be appropriate and have the ability to let you shoot it multiple times. It's great if you can rip back an 80-pound bow, but if you can only do it once or twice, you're not gonna have a lot of fun with it. You're gonna have a sore shoulder, and it's not gonna work out. So my suggestion is, especially if it's your first hunting hunting bow, get something in the 60-pound or 50-pound range, and you can work your way up from there. Remember, bows are like cars. You can change different parts of them. Sometimes it's not economically sound to do that. It costs more than to replace an entire bow, but for some some instances you can just change a set of limbs and they'll get you to the higher weight later on when you've built up your ability to shoot more. So start with a moderate weight that you can pull back constantly, that you can shoot 30, 40 shots with without getting really tired or really sore. Okay, if we're gonna go with the target bow, most target weights, believe it or not, are between 40 and 60 pounds on draw weight. USA Archery has a limit of 60 pounds max draw weight, and they check that at events. So it wouldn't make any sense to buy a target bow that's gonna be 70 pounds, unless you're shooting 3D. But again, you have to build up to something like that. So use your head when it comes to getting the draw weight that's gonna feel comfortable for you. Now we know what draw weight we're looking for. Now we have to decide which bow we're gonna get. And like cars, Bows have a ton of different manufacturers out there. At High Power Archery, we're a PSE dealer. And one of the reasons that we're a PSE dealer is because we find that they provide the widest range of accessible options for every budget. So you can buy a bow that's only a couple hundred dollars, or you can buy a bow that's really, really expensive, highest quality, all the bells and whistles in the Pro Series. But there's something in between also. There's all different levels in between. Um, Some manufacturers, unfortunately, you're only going to see the really high-end bows. And For a first-timer, spending $1,300, $1,400 on a bow is not really the best thing in the world, because what if they don't like it? It's an investment that you want, you know, you earn your hard money and you work hard for it. So you've got to be careful how you spend it. Now, when it comes to the manufacturers, you also want to look for who's going to have a warranty with it, and they all have warranties. Um, when you buy from a pro shop, one of the advantages is you're buying it new, so you will get the manufacturer's warranty. Plus, when you buy a bow from them, if you ever have an issue, and it's a reputable shop, you'll be able to take it back to them, and as long as it's not a user, you know, cause problem like you blew up your bow, and we'll get into that later, they're going to help you out with it, and usually at no cost. So. That's why we suggest going to a pro shop in the first place. If you buy a bow online, most most manufacturers do not allow for warranties on that because they don't come from a manufacturer directly or an authorized dealer. So you got to keep that in the back of your head too. Now, what am I looking for in a bow? I'm looking for adjustability. And when I say adjustability, I'm looking for something that no matter what I do, I can make the draw length adjustable, the weight adjustable. So you got to look at that when you're buying some different brands. Some brands will have only a 10-pound adjustable weight. Others like PSCs and some Matthews have a lot more adjustability in the weight and a lot of people just think you can just crank the screws backwards that hold in the limbs because that's how you adjust weight on a bow as much as you want to get it down. Well, there's limits to how many times you can actually turn that and if you turn it too many times then the bow becomes unsafe and the limbs can pop off and bad things will happen. So look to see what the rating is, how far, how wide can you go. But it goes back to what I said, buying a bow that suits the ability of the user. So if you can draw back 60 pounds, I'm not going to buy a, a bow that has an 80 pound draw because I can't do it and make it repeatable. So look for the weight limit, find the adjustability in there. Um, I keep harping on pse only because they're like the most adjustable some of our bows have 15 pound draw weight differences so you can go from a 60 pound weight down to like 40 uh, 45. Um, there's a lot of different models you can go with and other manufacturers come up with that bowtech has it in their diamond series Um, pse has it Hoyt, some of the some of the models do have it Um, the next thing you're going to look for is draw length adjustability like I said before, the first thing they're gonna do is test to see what your draw length looks like. Now, with some brands and models, the draw lengths are specific, which means if you're a 28 inch draw, you need to get the bow with either 28 inch cams or 28, a 28 inch module on there. And what happens if you guess wrong? Well, you gotta buy another module. And models can be 60, 70 bucks. So that's why I say buy a bow that has an adjustable draw length. Now, some of the bows, like did I shoot, the draw length is adjustable from, say, 24, 25 inches all the way up until 31. And why is this important? Well, from the dealer's perspective, we don't have to stock a whole bunch of different bows with a whole bunch of different draw lengths because that becomes a problem. So they're happier to keep that there. There's more colors we can keep in stock, that sort of thing. But for you, here's the deal. You're first learning how to draw a bow. You're first learning how to shoot. Your form is going to mature along with you as you become a shooter. Well, a lot of times when you first start out, you're not pulling back all the way. Your form's a little wonky. So someone who starts out, say, short drawing is like a 27, by the time you get your form nailed down and all that, you might actually find out that you're 28, 28 and a half. Well, if you bought a bow with a 27 inch module, that doesn't give you too much room to work there. Conversely, someone may buy a bow and be too long on it. They might, be a, they might buy a 30 inch bow and it turns out their draw length is really, because they're standing wrong or have, have the wrong posture, it's really only a 27 or 28. Well, it becomes a problem if you can't adjust the draw length. Now, if you're buying a Matthews or something like that, you have options because you just buy another module and pop it in there. Certain manufacturers, and it's getting less and less these days because they are kind of figuring it out, um, you only have an inch draw length that you can actually adjust it. And it's just a design, and they do that for performance purposes. But let's just say you bought one of these bows that has this sort of thing. Well, in the case of a Hoyt, you'd actually have to change the limbs the cams, and the strings. And that's a couple hundred dollars to do. So if you had known your draw length, you could have done it, but nobody really knows what they're gonna be in a draw length once they've matured into a, into an archer. So I would say stay away from anything that doesn't have at least some kind of a draw length uh, adjustability. And there are entry-level bows that have it. Matter of fact, with the PSEs, most of them have, it, have that ability. With the diamonds that uh, Bowtech produces, most of that line has the ability to do that. And the draw weight ratio is good. I mean, some of them you can use for a kid all the way up to an adult. And that's what you're looking for as your first bow. Like I said, you're not looking to break the bag the first time. So now you've figured out that you're going to get something with a, a draw weight that you can handle, an adjustable draw length. Um, next what accessories you're going to get like i said invest in decent accessories a decent rest a decent sight, and a decent stabilizer and a good set of starter arrows and the shop will guide you in what type of arrows to get and in a later episode we'll discuss what type of arrows you should be shooting um, what to look for that sort of thing because that's a whole other conversation. So there is the advantages of getting it in a shop. Plus, most shops are gonna work with you there so that you can shoot it, be comfortable with it. Um, but there is one caveat to that. And what I'll say is that if you're gonna go into a shop to buy a bow, there's certain times of the year that you don't wanna go there. And the reason is because if you, if you go there, a couple of months before the hunting season starts, like two months before the hunting season starts. That is basically their busiest time. And during their busiest time, they may not be able to give you the appropriate amount of attention that you need, especially as a new shooter. And that's not their fault, they're swamped. And you have to understand that this is the time of the year where they make almost all their money. So they're trying to get as much done as possible And they may not be able to spend an hour two hours with you on a new purchase and sometimes people feel like they're like oh they just said wham bam thank you get out i'll admit there are some places to do that and they are few and far between but it can happen you can also catch a you know a a shop guy on a day where he's frustrated aggravated with stuff You know, the more pressure you put on somebody, he's going to get 10 bows ready for the end of the day with people picking him up. He's not going to be so attentive to you as you might like. So keep that in mind. Okay. So that's the information that you need and our suggestion for buying it at a shop. Now, the other alternative besides buying it at a shop is what we call a big box store. And again, all the same rules apply. You need to know your draw length. You need to know how much poundage. You need to try and shoot a couple different bows. Um, and even going back to the pro shop thing, it's like buying a car. You don't have to. You don't have to feel forced to buy it at the first place you go to. Shop around, see what's best for you. And just like at a car dealer, some sales guys will put a lot of pressure on you to buy something right then and there. But remember, in the end, it's your decision and you don't have to if you don't want to. And there's nothing wrong with saying, you know what, I want to check somewhere else and I'll be back. That's all there is to that. Well, the same thing goes for the big box stores. But with the big box stores, you have to come a little bit more prepared because now you need to know what your draw length is. You need to know how much poundage you can pull. And a lot of times, the big box stores don't have a range that you can shoot at to see how that bow feels. So basically, you buy it and if it doesn't work for you, they might have some kind of restocking policy or they may not even take it back at all. So here's the other problem with buying at a big box store or a sporting goods store if you want to call them that. Um, the issue you have there is the people who are working behind the counter may not be experts in the subject matter, which means in the best scenario, the guy that you have working behind the counter, he, he loves the outdoors, he's, he's selling uh, guns, he's selling bows, but he's not an expert on it. So if you're lucky, he'll know how to measure your draw length, however, and he'll know a little bit about archery, if not, sometimes you run into that one jewel in the rough that you can find out there and it's a guy who lives archery, he happens to work there. Some of the old timers are in there they they all know what they're doing but more and more often you're going to find that when you go to a big box store you're going to find people over there who are trained given a basic training like this is how you tie in a peep this is how you um you set a knock this is how you measure somebody and that training probably is the extent of maybe an hour or two at most and it's not their fault that's the training they're given And the reason why, they cross-train their employees. So somebody who's working in sporting goods today may be working in clothing or on a cash register tomorrow. So they're not going to be exact experts on it. So it's not that they're trying to do you wrong in any way. They just don't know any better. Their their purpose and their mandate that they have is to sell you something, and that's what they're going to do. So they're not going to be exactly knowledgeable, and that can be a little bit of a problem for you. Actually, it can be a big problem for you. What a big box store gives you the advantage of is that sometimes you can find something cheaper than you would in a pro shop. That is true. However, when you put together the formula that I'm about to give you, it doesn't make any sense to buy it there. And this is what I'm saying. I buy a bow for $399 in a pro shop. I'm getting set up. The guy's helping me out. If I ever have a problem, I bring it back to him. They help me service it and you establish a relationship with them. I buy that same bow for say $2.99 in a big box store. Well, who's gonna set it up? If they don't set it up for you or if they do it wrong, I'm gonna wind up going to, to a professional at a pro shop to get it set up. You didn't buy that bow from him, so he's gonna charge you for his time. You're probably gonna spend in excess of that amount just to get it set up so it's not even a wash it's a loss at that point so you're better off going to the pro shop in the first place also if you buy arrows in a big box store they don't cut them for you in most cases so now I've got to take it to so say I buy a box of arrows that costs $60 first half a dozen in a in a big box store but that same box of arrows that say, 69 in a pro shop. Well, I'm going to save myself 10 bucks, so I'm going to go buy it in a big box. Yeah, but when you go to the pro shop to get a cut, he's going to charge you $2 an arrow usually to cut him and insert the, the points. Well, now I just spent another $12. It's 72 plus the taxes. I'm losing, losing. Better off going to the pro shop again. So you can see how one kind of outweighs the other. Um, By all means, if you see a big big sale like the end of the year or Black Friday sale and you see a bow is there, as long as you keep in the back of your head that you have to pay somebody to set that up, there's nothing wrong with buying it. The third option, buying online. Buying online has a lot more pitfalls than most people notice. One, if you buy a bow online, it usually doesn't come with a warranty. Warranty is everything. If something happens to part of the bow that's not user error, and the manufacturers all spe- specify what's covered and what's not. But let's just say that it's not user error. User error. Um, and it's actually something that failed in the bow, a limb failed, or something like that, a cam has got issues. To buy that outside of warranty could cost a lot. Frankly, a set of limbs is probably going to cost you 200 $200 plus, a set of cams, if you can e- even get them could be $100, so it's not worth it alone just to buy it online for that also, you can't see what you're getting now, if you're buying from an on- t- online retailer like Amazon or somebody like that they may have a return policy but you better read it really, really well because you may not have a return option plus you can't see it you can't draw it, you can't shoot it, you don't know what it's going to feel like. So there is your other problem. You don't know what you're going to get. Buying sight unseen is probably the worst thing in the world to do. You wouldn't order a car from online without ever sitting on it and driving it. Why would you buy a bow from online that you don't know what it's going to do, what it feels like, what it draws like? So plus add to that you don't have a warranty and now I've got to pay somebody to set it up for me it just doesn't make any sense as you get more experience later on maybe you start to work on your own bows that sort of thing hey buying online sometimes makes sense you always have that risk of no warranty but some people are willing to willing to take the risk and if that's what floats your boat hey go ahead and do it you know sometimes you find those unbeatable deals well remember Sometimes things sound too good to be true, and they usually are. But that's the, the pitfall buying online. Last, you have the option to buy used. If you're going to buy something used, remember this. First, it comes with no warranty. Second, you don't know what's happened to that bow, what's been done with it before. So, you could be buying somebody's nightmare. You could be buying something with a cracked limb, that sort of thing. You don't know. That being said, sometimes people, there are people out there who buy the new bow every single year. And when they buy a bow, they say it costs 1200 or $1,300. The following year, just to get rid of it, they'll sell it for almost half what they paid for it. And you get essentially a new bow, brand new technology for a lot less money. And there's nothing wrong with that. So it has that one advantage, but there's a lot more risk than the advantage is worth. So... Use your head when you're thinking about that sort of thing. And remember, you probably still have to take it to somebody to get set up anyway. Does it really make sense? In the end, the decision's up to you for that. Okay, in closing, what I'm gonna say is this. We've presented you with a different way to get started and get a bow. Once you've gotten that bow, you can't learn how to shoot a bow from a book. In the original Karate Kid movie, you see the main characters reading, reading through a book to figure out how, how to do karate, and it doesn't work out very well for him until he meets a teacher who is then willing to show him the proper way. Well, you can't learn archery out of a book either. In today's day and age, you have YouTube, and it's a wealth of knowledge. It's also a source for some of the most dangerous misinformation you can find. There are good teachers out there like John Dudley, you'll see his site, which is the Knock On Nation, Knock On Archery, and he's got all kinds of tutorials on how to shoot, form, it's all great. And you can use that as a starting base, but nobody can help you as much as a coach can help you. So what I would say is whatever money you're gonna budget for a bow, save about 50 or $100, To at least get two or three lessons from a coach or an instructor who can teach you how to shoot proper form. Which is why in the beginning I said you should start out by going somewhere that you can try, that you can go and try a bow and shoot it there in one of those programs, because then they provide some basic instruction. When you have your own setup, then working with a coach will get you get you to the point where you're confident enough to shoot on your own. Remember, if you have a bad experience when you're first starting out, you're going to be less likely to keep it going. So we want you to start out on the right path. Some shops, when you buy a bow from them, will have free range fees for, for life. Um, not that many do that anymore, but some of them do, or they'll even offer you a free coaching for a session or two. Like when you buy a boat from us, we give you three free one-hour lessons because there's more to it than just selling a boat to somebody. We want to make sure they start out on the path right, and we turn out some really good shooters from that. A lot of times it only takes one or two lessons for somebody to get a good hold of it, and then they can pick up and fly from there. Some people need more than that, you know, but decide what's right for you. And when you're confident, do it on your own. Go out to the public range. Um, It'll be way better for you that way. So that's about it for this episode here. Uh, We'll be back with our next episode in another couple days if I could ever get this editing done. And uh, we'll see you then. Until then, thanks for listening to High Power Archery. Shoot straight and be safe.